TII item 294, January 21st, 2014, iOS 7.1 beta 3 and beta 4. Welcome to Today in iPhone. I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Gullah! Oh, yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of whom I am. Today's episode is brought to you by Hover. Please visit Hover.com and as a new user, use promo code TIIChina to save 10% on your domain name registrations. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is a Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Irene for sending in the music you hear in the background. Irene wrote, Hi, Rob. This is Alto Recorder on Monster Settings with a repeat, the second track, Soprano Recording in Monster Settings. I think it's very seasonal. Merry Christmas. I made this in GarageBand app on my iPhone. Regards, Irene H. Thanks, Irene, for the music. And folks, I will put the full song at the end of the episode. also want to thank Renee for sending in the artwork for today's show. Well, actually, he posted it up on the app Sketchy, which was mentioned on episode 293. Renee said this artwork is his Simpsons interpretation of me. So if you'd like to see what I would look like as a Simpsons character, you can search for Walch in the Sketchy app. Renee, thanks again for sending in this artwork. And you can also see Renee's artwork in the TI app and the extras for episode 294. Or if you subscribe via iTunes on your computer as the album artwork and also as a standalone post in the VIP section and at facebook.com forward slash today in iOS. If you have some artwork and or music you have created on your iOS device that you would like to share with the audience, please email it to me at todayinios at gmail.com. Please make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. In this segment of How Wrong Were They, we have the following quote. Quote, Call it blasphemy, but Apple's next-generation smartphone could be the first iPhone model to debut without the usual lines of buyers outside stores on launch day, unquote. Patrick cites, Investors.com, 25th July 2013. Hey, Pat, we will not call it blasphemy, although there are some B words that would fit. Or we could be nice and just say, you were simply wrong. Just say it. For promo codes, on episode 293, we offered up chances to win promo codes for the app's immigration and status bar themes. We'll be giving out those promo codes sometime this week. If you'd like to learn more about these apps, go back and listen to the beginning of episode 293. This week, we have promo codes for the app Instagography Slow Motion Cam. Here is the review from the dev. I'm Dimitris Bokos. I'm the developer of Instography Slow Motion Cam for both iPhone and iPad. This photo app provides you with powerful tools in order to create amazing slow motion images, which is actually something like a single image video. Instography provides you with unique freeze controllers in order to help you create the perfect result for you. The result image, you can edit it with uh, our unique photo editor by adding texts, effects, draws, stickers, or any other thing you like. In the end, you can share it with your friends, with Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or email it to them. Thank you very much, guys. Let me know what you think about my app. Thank you, Rob, for letting me in your show. 
Thanks to Dimitri for his review of his app, Instagography, Slow Motion Cam, and for sending in the promo codes to give away. Folks, if you would like a chance for a promo code for this app, send an email to todayinios at gmail.com and put slow-mo in the subject line. A quick reminder, if you are an app developer or an iBooks author, email me if you want your app or iBook featured in the promo giveaway segment. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com and please include a 60-second or less audio review of your app or iBook indicating you are the dev or author. Also, when you send in the promo codes, please make sure to let me know when they expire. All right, let's get into the episode. iOS 7.1 Beta 3 was released back on January 7th to the devs. Some of the changes, additions with Beta 3 are reduced white point, which is under accessibility, and then increased contrast features. This slightly darkens the screen. They also tweaked with the keyboard again, but did not bring back the option for the darker keyboard that was in the beta one and removed in beta two. There is a new look animation for power to slide off, and there is a new round button for placing calls. There's also a new option to turn on or off parallax, i.e. motion when selecting wallpapers. The music app also now has new shuffle and repeat buttons that stand out much more. Overall, not anything that exciting. It does not seem Apple is in a big hurry to get to the Goldmaster out on this either. Uh, some rumors are saying maybe February or March before we see this out to the masses. And just that quick, iOS 7.1 Beta 4 was released on Monday the 20th, so yesterday or earlier today, depending on where you're living and the perspective of when I'm recording this. So less than two weeks between betas, pretty good. Beta 4 really has most of the changes on the hood, with only a couple that users can see, one of which is uh, being a different slide-to-unlock animation. Woohoo! Another change is the iPad has gained a new Siri voice gender option for the UK. Messages now scrolls more smoothly with more animation, uh, whatever that means. And there are some other subtle text changes on various screens. These are more of fit and finish type changes and nothing drastic. However, with this release of the beta, uh, there are a few known issues with iOS 7.0.4 that are still not fixed. It would seem we are still not seeing the Goldmaster of 7.1 until at least February at this rate. I'm going to go upgrade one of my iOS devices to the 7.1 beta this week and see if there's anything else of interest and how stable it is with apps. I would love to ask any of the devs out there that are playing around with the betas for their feedback, but that would be going against the NDA, and we wouldn't want you to do that. Switching gears, having talked with Apple in the past, I am a big believer that China is going to be a big, big, big market for Apple, maybe equaling Japan and even the U.S. in a couple of years. And last week, Apple took its biggest step in that direction with the launch of the iPhone on China Mobile the world's largest carrier, as in over 760 million subscribers big. But the big question mark in the short term is what type of subsidy was China Mobile going to offer, and now we know, or at least to start with, that is. Right now, a 16-gigabyte iPhone 5S is free when users select a 24-month contract at $97 a month, or the equivalent of $97 a month or a total cost of ownership of $2,328, again, converting that to U.S. dollars. 
which is in line for AT&T and Verizon costs. For a 24-month contract at $31 a month, the iPhone 5S 16 gig costs $625 for a total cost of ownership of $1,369, which is a much better deal for two years. If you have the upfront $625 and you're in China, well, you know which way to go. An off-contract iPhone 5S is $873 from China Mobile. By comparison, with China Unicom, to get the iPhone 5S for free, it requires a $63 a month contract for 30 months or total cost of ownership of $1,890. On China Telecom, they offer a free 5S for a two-year contract at $64 a month or total cost of ownership of $1,512. So much better on China Telecom than China Unicom. Now you may say, why would anyone sign up with China Mobile for the free phone? It's not a good deal, $2,328 versus $1,512, and you're correct. But China Mobile does offer 4G speeds, something the other two do not offer for the 5S at this time. That said, if you have $625 for the upfront fee, that $31 a month deal is the best of all of them. So... That deal and the 4G speeds will help to explain how China Mobile was able to get over 1 million pre-ordered iPhones prior to its launch last week. How much over? It's hard to say. Some people said millions, others said 1.4 million. The number's been valued around quite a bit. will be interesting to see if Apple says anything about this on their next quarterly call, which, by the way, will be next Monday, the 27th. So I will get an episode out later that evening going over the highlights of that call. Worst case scenario, I'll get a blog post out. I'll send a push notification on that, of course, as well. I want to take a minute now to talk about today's sponsor, and that is Hover. If you go to hover.com and use promo code TIIChina, one word, as a new user, you get 10% off your domain name registrations. That is TIIChina. One of the great features of Hover is the ability to quickly and easily create multiple redirects from a single URL for no additional cost. There is no additional cost to hide the personal info on your domain. There is no annoying trick you into multiple upsell items you did not want when you use Hover. It is just a good customer-friendly interface that is a joy to work with. So whether you are looking to redirect your Facebook page or to your Facebook page or your Google Plus page or to your Twitter or your Tumblr pages, Hover is there for you to make it easy to tell people where to go to find you on the web. Like, say, how I did it with the Google Plus community by you going to todayinios.com slash community. Hover just makes it so easy to create those redirects. Remember, control your namespace. It is the best thing you can do on the web. So as, a, as an example, you could register yourname.com and then set up yourname.com slash Facebook to go to your Facebook page and yourname.com slash Google Plus or G Plus to go to your Google Plus page and so on. I am a longtime customer and a very happy one of Hover and highly, highly recommend them for your domain name needs. If you are a podcaster, you could register a domain and then forward your domain.com slash feed to your current RSS feed, and then you own your feed, and that's what you give out to the world. Remember, the promo code TIIChina for new users of Hover to save 10% on your purchases. That is promo code TIIChina, one word. Isn't it time for you to like registering domain names again? Thanks, Hover, for supporting this show. Hey, Rob. It's Richard. Wanted to give a heads up. Box is offering 50 gigabytes of data for free 
If you sign up using their iPhone app, just wanted to let you know. Love the show. Bye. Richard, thanks for the heads up on that, and thanks to others that sent in that as well. Again, the Box app right now, I think till the end of this month, January, you can get 50 gigs of free storage. Check out the Box app in the iTunes App Store. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. I've been using a Apple TV when I travel for a long time. Here is the ways you can use one while at a location that requires you to use a web login. One, you'll need an Ethernet to wireless adapter. It has to be the type that you can change the MAC address of the device. I use a Linksys RE1000 range extender that can also be used as an Ethernet to wireless. Two, you will need a laptop that has an Ethernet port. In the setup, change the Mac of this device to match your Apple TV. Now go through the instructions to connect to the hotel's wireless network. Three, after connecting to the hotel's network, disconnect the power from the Ethernet to wireless adapter. Four, plug in the Apple TV and connect to the hotel's wireless network. It should work without requiring any logins. Note, most hotels' wireless are, and wired networks are throttled back to prevent speed hogs from using up all the bandwidth, so video streaming may not work at some locations. If the location has wired internet, bring a router with you. Regards, Thomas in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Thanks, Thomas, for that help. Hi, Rob. In response to a recent question on how to store a PDF file on your iPad, I use Docs U Free. I really like it because it's free and allows me to make individual folders as an example of how I use it, I have one folder for instructions, a different folder for different price lists, etc. Regards, Joshua I. Hi, Rob. For listener Will M on episode 293, in reference to changing his email address in iCloud, then iCloud asks for him to sign in under his old email. I solve this problem by going to settings, iCloud, delete account. It will delete his old account. He can then sign in under his new email address and iCloud should work. Hope that helps. Regards, Mason. Hi, Rob. Listened to the last show and heard about the music sync problem. I've been having a similar problem for a while. I think it started around the time of the launch of iTunes Match. I am not a subscriber of that service, which may be a source of the problem. The problem I have is music I don't want, unchecked songs, keep showing up in my iPhone. Or songs I want to add to my current selection do not reliably sync over. I do not have the fill unused spaces selected either. My only solution is to remove all songs, then resync the songs I want. That seems to work most of the time. Very frustrating. Also, anyone else noticing an alert sound on your home computer coming from iTunes? It happens on mine when it finishes a download or a sync. Would love to know how to turn it off. Regards, Kirk. Hello, this is Rob in Annapolis, and in reference to the last episode where the caller mentioned the problems with syncing to music on iTunes. I too have experienced the same problem. I have uh, in particular one album and uh, had three or four songs on there. I had it selected by album and by artist in iTunes, tried to sync it up and it would never show up on my iPhone. I've checked everything. It's an MP3 file. Looks like everything is normal and in order. Uh, all the other songs are, and albums are syncing, but for some reason uh, this is the first time I've experienced this, but I cannot get it onto my iPod. So hopefully we have a solution for this, and uh, we're looking forward to hearing the results. Thanks. And, well, I had a few other people call in and email in that are also having issues with music sync and also asking for help. 
So if anyone has any help on this, help 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Let's talk about our Google Plus community for a second. And that's the one for TI listeners and really for anyone interested in iOS looking for a place where spammers and Android fanboys are not allowed. And here are some of the posts we had over the week, last week plus. One from Stephen Williams about audio not playing from the speakers, but working with headphones with a bunch of replies to that. Hint, in the case of this, it usually has something to do with dirt getting into the headphone jack and causing the device to realize the headphones are still not plugged in. Compressed air seems to work best for me in, in those cases. There are a couple of questions about podcasting on an iOS device, which I posted a link to my tutorial from the New Media Expo on how to podcast 100% from an iOS device. You can also find that by going to ipadtutorial.libsyn.com. There were quite a few posts about jailbreaking. Can we and where to and, well, more on that later. But there was one post from January 5th about why should you jailbreak that had a lot of replies that is worth reading over if you're thinking about jailbreaking. Plus, there was a bunch of other good posts. So if you have not joined yet, I highly recommend you do. Go to todayinios.com slash community, or you can click on the Google Plus banner in the upper right-hand side of todayinios.com website. Please join in and contribute or just look in for new info. It is a very civil community on Google+, Plus, as Google+, Plus communities go, and it is the most civil one for iOS. Thanks, Tash, for the heads up on this next one, which is titled, Why Apple's iBeacon is Underhyped from Cult of Mac, from the article. Quote, once connected, iBeacon can do several things. One, pinpoint the location of a supporting device running a compatible app. Two, trigger an action on that device. Three, Estimate the distance between the beacon and the target device. Four, push messages and other stuff to the phone. Five, enable the iPhone to send input back to the beacon. Unquote. The article goes on and gives a few reasons why iBeacons is going to be the next big thing. I like the idea of iBeacons, but... And there's always a but. Take, for example, when I was at CES, at the press room, they mentioned there was an iBeacon scavenger hunt. The goal to get reporters out to all corners to see yes. However, there was a problem. You needed to download a specific app, and well, that is a huge step to get most people to do. Then you have to have them open the app and turn on Bluetooth. And guess what? I didn't even bother with it, and I do a podcast about the iPhone. I just think people are too lazy to do this. Besides, there was an article in Make on how they took the CES Android app hack the app to figure out how you could win the contest and not even be at CES. Gee, surprise, surprise, an Android device giving up secrets. Now, there is some potential to iBeacons, say grocery stores, where you get people to download your app and register into their favorite rewards program, and then as they go through the store, they could give you, the grocery stores could give you extra discounts or in-store only coupons via iBeacons. But I think grocery stores, i.e., Stores where people shop often and try to save however they can are the ones where this is going to work the best or most likely have uptake. Maybe also Target, Walmart, Walgreens, CVS, stores like that. Essentially, stores you have a credit card and a rewards card for and shop at often are the ones that this makes the most sense for. But again, 
there will need to be some compelling incentives to get people to adopt this and lots and lots and lots of in-store promotion about downloading the app needed. As had been speculated last week, Apple started this week repairing iPhone 5C screens at Apple stores. If you do not have Apple Care Plus, Apple will now charge you a fee of $149 to get the screen repaired. Previously, it was $229. Apple did start back in June repairing iPhone 5 screens at Apple stores. But if there is an S at the end of your iPhone, well, you're SOL. As Apple is not repairing the iPhone 4S or 5S screens in store at this time. Which means they are sending them out, which means it costs you more money. Did I mention my ballistic case that I got at CES? I really like it. And of course, if you purchased your iPhone in the last 30 days, there is a squaretrade.com slash TII warranty for you. So, you know, go to squaretrade.com slash TII for your iPhone warranty. Not really an ad as much as just saying. One of the items I received at CES to test, which I have been using quite a bit since I've been back and really like, is the practical meter from the folks at Power Practical. This is an inline power meter that lets you know how many watts the device you are charging is drawing. This is nice for a few reasons. If you have some USB speaker or some other device, you can really not tell if it's all the way charged up. By looking at the meter, you can see if it's still drawing a big charge, or if not, then it is done charging. Additionally, if you have a mix of iPhones, iPads, and other iOS devices, or just other devices in general, you may not even know what power converters can handle the 10 watts needed by the iPads. So this lets me quickly check and confirm all the power converters that were limited to 5 watts or less, and I put them aside. So now I just have the more powerful ones in use, thus speeding up my iPad charging wherever I am in the house. The practical meter will run you $25, and it comes with a 3-in-1 fast charging cable for 30-pin micro-USB and mini-USB. No, it does not come with a lightning connector. But the meter is its own standalone device, so you plug it into a standard USB port on your power converter, and, or into your computer, and then plug in the USB side of the lightning cord or other USB cord. So if you either just want to know when your charging is done or if you want to test out all your power converters to find the ones that can handle 10 watts, this is definitely a tool you want to check out. Please note, this is not a linear or digital meter. It is an LED monitor. That, that is, it's five LEDs, and depending on how many are lit, it tells you how many watts are being drawn. One to five blue lights is one to five watts. If the first LED is flashing red, it's six watts. And if the first is flashing red and there are other blue LEDs, it is 6 watts plus the other blue LEDs. This is one of those items I will use for a long time going forward. Thanks for those folks for handing it over to me to test out on the show. And look for the link in the show notes titled Practical Meter with Fast Charge Cable for episode 294 over at todayinios.com. Thanks to Jenny Q for this next one, which I'm not going to go over in detail or really at all as most of you are too smart to even need this article. But it is how to make the switch from Android to iOS. But I figure you'll want to know about it so the next time one of your Android fanboys friends starts complaining about malware issues or about how their brand new Android handset is two major revisions behind or how their new Android handset will never be able to be updated on the software side or that they are 
finally just ready to move up to the big boy league and get an iOS device, you'll have this article from Gizmodo handy so that you can help them make the move as easy as possible. Again, search for the article titled How to Make the Switch from Android to iOS via Gizmodo in the show notes for episode 294 over at todayinios.com. Finally, there is a new version of the TII app out, version 1.20. Biggest changes are bug fixes, and when you are playing an episode and you are at the lock screen, it now shows the album artwork on the lock screen, and all the controls work. It is also optimized to work better with iOS 7 all around. I have an email about the app. Let me read that. Hi, Rob. Just bought the TII app today. How do I download episodes to my device? Regard, Samuel. First off, Samuel, thank you for supporting the show. Per your question, go to the episode list, then go to the left of the episode that you want to download. Tap on the star. You will then see a circle start to build around the star. When the circle is complete, the episode is fully downloaded and ready for playback in airplane mode. Some other features users may also not realize is when you go to the More tab in the lower right, if you then tap on Edit, you can then move around what is actually in the bottom tab. Maybe you like Contact the Show, uh, you can move that into the bottom tab, or you can move the Settings into the bottom tab. Per the Settings in the Settings option, I should point out you have a few different choices on how the app will work. For example, you can turn on Dark and Played option, so once you listen to an episode in the episode list, it shows up a little bit darker, actually a bit darker than the non-played episodes. You can also select for continuous playback for it to play old to new, which is how I have it set, or new to old, which I think is how it is for default. And there are options for repeating the current episode or playing all start episodes. If you've never checked out the settings part of the app, I do recommend you give it a quick check. The goal of the app is to meet your personal needs on how you like to play back your content. If you don't have the TII app, just search for TII in the App Store. It's $2.99, and thanks for supporting the show. Good morning, good day, good evening. Hello, Rob. Uh, hello to all your family and uh, all the listeners. Just an issue that I've uh, found. Used to be able to delete apps from iTunes then sync your devices and it would automatically delete those apps that you've deleted from iTunes library. It would say do you want to sync them back or do you want to delete them from your device? That doesn't seem possible anymore. Uh, you can sync your devices and uh, those apps still stay on your device even though you've deleted them from iTunes. I'm not sure if this is a bug or a feature that uh, Apple has taken out any help or a workaround would be appreciated. It's really hard to search uh, all the devices, look at them all and find the apps that you've deleted when you want to do a bit of a, a clean-up or a clean-out. Thank you very much. This is uh, Mark from New Zealand uh, saying hi and signing off. Mark, thanks for the voicemail message. And my guess on this is that what Apple wants you to do is select remove. You, you can uninstall an app from your iOS device via iTunes on your computer. So they want you to select that to uninstall it that way rather than where you delete it out of iTunes on your computer it automatically deleting it from your device because they might be thinking that you want to keep it on your iOS device but you just want to free up some space on your computer especially you know if you have one of those SSD computers where you don't have the largest hard drive in the world and you got the app that's on your iOS device you, do you really need it on iTunes on your computer anymore? So my guess is 
they don't want it to automatically delete it from your device because they're thinking many people don't want it to automatically delete from their device, but they do want to free up the space on their in iTunes or on their computer. So what I'm, you know, again, if you really want to remove them, the best way to remove them off your devices is first select where it removes it from your iOS device, sync it. Then after you've officially removed it from your iOS devices, then go ahead and delete it out of iTunes on your computer. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. When do you think the next-gen iPad Pro is due? Ryu, Sheffield, UK. Yes. I mean, yes, I think there is an iPad Pro coming. When it will it come? Well, it might make sense for it to come prior to WWDC. So maybe April or May. Would be nice to see Apple Space product releases out again. Not having everything bunched in a six-week window like they've done the last couple of years. Famine, 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 feast. Famine, 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 feast. Is how you best explain the product release cycle from Apple recently. Hi, Rob. I want to share something I think Apple needs to fix on the iPhone. And that is to have an option to require the passcode to turn off an iPhone. What good is find my iPhone if one can simply turn the phone off? My friend's iPhone 5S with the latest iOS was stolen, and by the time she got to another device to look it up, it was off the grid and never to be found again. Same for the shortcut for airplane mode. Regards, Sergio. Well, thanks, Sergio, for that feedback. Hey, Rob, this is Brent out here in Oklahoma City. Um, One thing I wanted to kind of mention to everyone that I recently discovered I just got a new iPhone 5S and the first thing that I noticed I'm first of all I need to tell you I am a blind visually impaired user I use voiceover all the time but one thing I noticed on the new 5S is how Siri sounded so robotic as compared to my iPhone 5 and how Siri was very clear so the first thing I assumed is that I had a bad phone took it back in to Apple swapped it out for a new one still same problem. So after talking to several Apple employees, geniuses, technicians, and everything, nobody really had any kind of a solution. So I did some research on the internet. I found out that there are two quality voices for each, the voiceover and for Siri. The voiceover is pretty well laid out because there's a button that you just toggle on and it downloads the high quality voice. But Siri is not so clear. And so what I ended up having to do, supposedly when you plug it in to electrical outlet and also have it hooked up to Wi-Fi, it automatically downloads the high-quality voice. But for some reason, it wasn't doing that. And I've, had, I've seen other instances on the, on the Internet where people were reporting that it was not doing that either. So to force the high-quality voice... I plugged it in to the to the wall outlet, and then I turned made sure Wi-Fi was on. I went into Siri. I changed the language to say something like Chinese, and then I changed it back to U.S. English. And then at that point, it took about five to ten minutes, and it downloaded the high-quality Siri voice, and voila, it's um, non-robotic anymore. So if anyone has that issue, they might try going into settings, general, uh, Siri, changing the language to something other than English, and then back to English, and it should go ahead and download the high-quality voice, but you have to be connected to Wi-Fi, and you have to be plugged into a, uh, some type of electrical outlet. Um, so anyway, hope this helps somebody. took me a week and two new phones and uh, several calls to Apple, so maybe it'll save you guys from having to go through this as well. 
Thanks. Take care. Brent, thanks for that feedback. This week for crowdfunded projects, we have one called Smart Wallet. One word with wallet spelled W-A-L-I-T, of course. Overlooking that spelling annoyance, they did do one thing right off the bat that I liked. A really, really, really low goal of $1,000, of which they already quickly blew past with over 30000 raised so far. And they have until March 16th at 9.59 a.m. Eastern Time. So this is one in the early phases. So what is Smart Wallet? Well, according to the Kickstarter page, quote, Smart Wallet is a revolutionary device that will allow you to keep track of your wallet. It will prevent you from leaving your wallet behind, so you will not have to awkwardly stand at the register frantically searching for your wallet. It is able to do this by connecting with your phone through Bluetooth 4.0. In addition, Smart Wallet comes with a free app for your iPhone, which records the time and place where you lost it. If you misplace your wallet, you can make Smart Wallet ring by using the app to figure out the location of your wallet, unquote. Pricing on this starts at $29. It works with the iPhone 4S and above, and you can find this one by searching for Smart Wallet with an IT at the end at kickstarter.com. So Smart Wallet, W-A-L-L-I-T. The next crowdfunded project comes via Indiegogo, and it's called Snooperscope, and it is a night vision for your smartphone. It had even a better goal of just $500, and it's over $3,500 now, with funding going until February 16th at 11.59 p.m. Pacific time. Pricing on this night vision device is $99, so if you have graduated from upskirts and are really looking to take your stocking to the next level, this just seems like the tool you'll need in your war chest. Actually, they say it's for hunters and wildlife observers, airsoft participants, and baby security. Sure, I'll buy that. They did mention this Indiegogo campaign is just an add-on to the Kickstarter campaign that they recently ended. Delivery on this is slated for June. More info at Indiegogo.com. Just search for a snooper scope. One word spelled S-N-O-O-P-E-R-S-C-O-P-E. I Rob, thought there would be many listeners that would be grateful to hear about this feature. We'll be using this one with my two children now that I know about it. Regards, Levi in Riverside, California. Thanks, Levi, for the heads up on an article titled, Guided Access is the Single Greatest iOS Feature for Parents and Kids from TUAW. And what this article goes over is how to lock your child into a single app they are playing so they don't accidentally say go to the Netflix app and open it up and resume playing the most recent thing you are watching, which could be Dexter right now and not exactly appropriate for a young child or even a child that's at the midpoint. Here is what you do. Quote, head to the settings menu of your iPhone and then in the accessibility section, find guided access and enable it. Now enter whatever app you want to use and triple click the home button. Choose which areas of the screen you would like to disable, if any, and click the start, unquote. Now, if your child tries to leave the app, they will be stopped. If they triple click the home button, they need to enter a four digit code to disable guided access. Oh yeah, you can also disable the volume buttons, which is a really nice thing. And if you want to, to let them use Netflix, but put them into kids' area of Netflix app, 
you can then disable the ability for them to get to the adult area, get out of the kids area, which is what I like to do with this feature. Thanks to those that sent in the following article, and it is titled How to Block Facebook's Annoying New Autoplay Video Ads, and it is from Time.com. So yes, Time.com is telling you how to kill autoplayed video ads. That is when you know that yes, autoplay ads are bad, bad, bad. Or as Facebook calls them, a richer storytelling format for advertisers. Uh, yeah. Well, actually, the article just says on iOS devices, you set video to only play via Wi-Fi inside the Facebook app. Most of the advice was from computers or for computers on how to block it. But at a min, if you are using the Facebook iOS app, you need to go to settings, scroll down to Facebook, then tap settings, then turn on autoplay on Wi-Fi only, which is by default turned off, which means data plan usage. Thanks, Facebook. So I'm going to ask, what are you guys doing out there to block autoplay video ads all the time, even on Wi-Fi on an iOS device for the Facebook app? Again, autoplay video ads are just a bad idea. Give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. Into the email bag. Hey, Rob, I've got an email account that I want to be able to send from, but I don't want the inbox to show, sync, or show up in the all-mail section. In case it helps, this is for personal alias setup on a Zimbra email system. I was hoping to use the native app, but I suppose if there's a good alternative, I'd be open to that. Regards, Luke G. Folks, if you can help Luke, give us a call, 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOONDOG, or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. A tip was called in, but it was too bad audio quality to play on the show and I couldn't repair it, and I'm not sure who called it in anyway because I couldn't make out their name. But it is about closing out all your open windows for Safari. In Safari, in the lower right hand, tap on the icon of the two squares, one above the other. Then select private in the lower left, and then select close all. And that is it. All your windows will then close. I think this was mentioned way back on the show, but uh, it is one of those tips worth mentioning again, just in case you haven't heard it. Thanks to the unknown caller for what sounded like to be a car with the window down and the radio on full blast. Hi, Rob. I have multiple calendars for me using Google. I also subscribe to my iOS calendar and toggle on and off coworkers' calendars. When I ask Siri what's on my calendar for today, she says, Tom, you have 39 appointments. How do I get Siri to recognize my primary calendar and ignore all the other calendars? Regards, Tom C. Hi, Tom. When I saw your email come in, I thought, oh, that's easy. Just ask Siri about a specific calendar, like what is on my home calendar for today? Or what is on my work calendar for today? Or when is my next item for my flyers calendar? Um, nope, none of that worked. At least not for me. I have a bunch of calendars too, home, work, wives, kids, flyers, and a few more. But nope, asking for calendars, at least for me, by the specific calendar did not work. If anyone knows how to help Tom on this, please give us a call or send us an email. Thanks. Hey, Rob, this is Dan from St. Louis. In episode 293, I believe it was, a uh, caller said that he had a problem with Siri saying the uh, B word instead of Vistage, I believe it was. You can tell Siri that's not how you pronounce it, and she will ask how to pronounce it, and then you say it again. And then she will give you three different choices 
of how to pronounce it and just choose the one that's correct. She does pretty good. Thanks for the show, and uh, when can we jailbreak? Okay, so finally, the jailbreak for iOS 7 seems to be up to snuff, so to speak. City is updated for iOS 7, and many of the important apps, including PDA.net, are updated. So if you are a jailbreaker, now seems to be a good time to jailbreak iOS 7. There are a bunch of tutorials out there, just not one from me yet, because, well, I'm still digging out from the weeds of the holidays and CES and NMX, and, well, I wanted to get the show out first. I do have a link to one tutorial, and there are others out there. I'll do mine shortly, promise. So if you're a first-timer, probably want to wait until mine is ready. It's geared more towards first-timers. I need to say this. Saying the jailbreak is good to go is much, much different than saying you will have no issues. Jailbreaking is always a risky adventure, and if you don't like things being, well, anything less than perfect, jailbreaking is not for you. And the more jailbreak apps you install, the more likely your iOS device will have issues. So, as always, jailbreakers beware. That said, from all I've read, it does seem to be okay to jailbreak your iOS 7 device if you are so inclined. Warning, Apple Care Plus does not cover your device if it is jailbroken, so if you have issues you will need to strip out the jailbreak before bringing it to the Apple Store. Of course, if you have Square Trade warranty, that's not an issue. Because, well, Square Trade doesn't care if your device is jailbroken or not. SquareTrade.com slash TII to get your iPhone warranty. Not an ad, just saying. One more note on the jailbreak side, and this is an important one. There is a link in the show notes titled iOS 7 Compatible Cydia Apps List. Check it out before upgrading your jailbreak if you're on an iOS 6 device now to make sure your most used apps are there. Just because I said most apps are updated for iOS 7 Acidia does not mean your most used apps are available for jailbreaking with iOS 7. Like, say, Password Pilot or Kill Background or Link Opener, for example, which are listed as not updated. You get the picture. Check out the link just to be sure before removing your jailbreak from your iOS 6 device and then upgrading to iOS 7. And remember, you do need to fully restore first at iOS 6 to remove the jailbreak before you can upgrade to iOS 7 to re-jailbreak. In the past, we've had a few people with iPhone 4Ss have Wi-Fi issue when upgrading to iOS 7. If you're one of them, I put a link in the show notes titled How to Fix the iPhone 4S Wi-Fi Problem After iOS 7 Update, and it goes over a bunch of the steps to try. That all said, they do say at the article, if you are still having issues, it may be hardware-related and you need to take it to an Apple Store. Sorry. Thanks to Paul H. for the heads up on a new podcast called The Record, which brings you stories about Apple and the Mac and Cocoa development community. So this is more for Mac geeks in the audience that want some good stories of yesteryear about Apple and the Mac. Again, look for the link in the show notes called The Record. Into the email bag. Hi, Rob. I have an iPhone 5S. Got it last month and must say I love it. Also went and jailbroke it last week. I was just wondering if you or someone out there knows if there's anything in Cydia that allows you to change the music app interface to a darker color such as gray or black. Thanks and regards, Stefan and Belize. Hey, Rob, listening to episode 292, and in response to my side note spotlight question, you mentioned I could disable 
this by deselecting everything in the settings menu. I did that and Spotlight is still activated with accidental downward swipes on the home screen. Is there anything I'm doing wrong? Regards, Aaron M. Nope, Aaron, not doing anything wrong. I just thought if you just turned it all off, it wouldn't show up, but it still shows up because you can still do web search and I do not see any way to turn it off. But if anyone does know of a way to completely turn off the ability to, to pull down and do spotlight search, please let us know. Hey Rob, you had a caller who asked about the iPhone 5S leather case from Apple and said that they were mostly for style. I would just like to put that out there that my leather case saved my iPhone's life. Just saying. Regards, Dan. Hey Rob, this is Greg from Poughkeepsie. I was on a family vacation with my extended family where we had rented a cabin with a home theater. And we had the idea of trying to play Netflix off an iPad through the home theater system. And we had iPads 2, 3, and 5. We had a lightning to 30-pin adapter and a 30-pin to HDMI adapter. But after much experimentation, the only thing we were ever able to do was to get the um, was was to play the video off of the um, Netflix Netflix player. Um, we never got the audio to work. Is there some way that's supposed to work? Um, this is Greg. Thanks, bye. Greg, the ones I've always used, and I use this with the third generation iPad, is the component AV cables, and that has always worked well for me. Uh, again, I don't haven't tried that with a lightning, and I don't think you can do a lightning to 30-pin adapter to it and then use it. I think that there's some digital stuff going on. Um, I'll have to try that. I'll have to get an adapter and see if I can get it to work. But again, the component AV cables are the ones from Apple that I've used in the past with my third-gen iPad when trying to get Netflix to play over to a big-screen TV, especially when there's no Apple TV nearby. I'm not going to even try to guess this time on how many iPhones Apple sold last quarter. It's just too many to even try to guess. Uh, it, I'm sure it'll be a new record. We'll be interesting to see what Apple has to say, and I'm sure there'll be a lot of speculation about what, how many of those are iPhone 5Ss versus 5s, and or I should say 5Cs and 4Ss. But a lot should be determined about how well Apple did financially come the next conference quarterly call, which is going to be next Monday, the 27th. And I will have update for you then. Thanks again to our sponsor of today's show, which is Hover.com. Remember, for new users, use promo code TIIChina, one word, to get 10% off your purchase. Hover is who I manage all my domains with, and I really do love their service and recommend them even when they're not advertising on the show. Shh. Again, use promo code TIIChina to save 10% with your first purchase of a domain name with Hover. If you want to know when new episodes go up, look at the TI app, not just as the best way to consume the show, but also as a great way to get push messages when a new episode goes live. Or there's other iOS breaking news. Just $2.99 in the iTunes App Store. It helps you get the most out of this show, and it helps support the show at the same time. Plus, it makes it really easy to email or call the show with your feedback. Again, just search for TII in the iTunes App Store. And before we go today, I want to remind you to send in your feedback to the show, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or record your feedback and email it to me at todayinios at gmail.com. 
The feedback can be a question or comment for something someone said on this episode, or it can be a question or rant you have about something else. An app, a product review, good or bad, as long as it is iOS related, it is welcomed. I'm always looking for a new artwork feature that you've created on your iOS device. Just slap some TII branding on it and send it in. And of course, we're always looking for more music created on an iOS device to play on the show. This is your show, and your feedback is greatly desired. And don't forget to check out our new moderated community over at Google Plus by going to todayinios.com slash community. And that, folks, is going to do it for us today. Until the next time, I'm your host, Rob, from Today in iOS, reminding you to phone different. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for T-I-I. How's it going? It's uh, Scott again from Washington, D.C. Uh, calling, touching base with you again. Um, listen to the podcast. Listen to all the callers. And I listen to a lot of people who are back and forth with the innovation and what's good and what's great about Apple and all of those things. And it brought me to a place where I thought of a good comparison to what Apple does um, that I think most of your audience can relate to. Let's look at Apple as a car manufacturer that manufactures a vehicle, uh, let's say like BMW, and they 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 bring out a body style and they um, they present it to the public and everyone loves it. And then the following year, they present out the same series of BMW, but then they change the lights. They they put a, um, some sort of fancier um, security system. They maybe increase the horsepower from last year, from the year before, and all the, the um, Apple boys, or let's say Beamer guys, or people that just love BMW say, wow, I wish they could have changed the body style, and I wish they could have done this, and I wish they could have made the car bigger, or the car smaller, or this or that. And Apple says, no, we're going to keep it the same. We're going to work from the inside. We have a great product. We love what we have, and we and and this is just us. And and we're not going to change the body every year, or every two years, or what have you. So then you become this person who looks at the vehicle and you say, "Well, I already have a Beamer, 
and do I really need to buy this new Beamer because the headlights are different? Um, it, it has two LED headlights, and the, the year before I have only has one. So that's the kind of comparison I think of. And then when you look at a company like uh, Samsung, and they're like a Toyota Camry, where every year you don't know what Camry that they just put out on the market. Because every year or two, they change the body style. And you might have bought a 2011 or 2012, and the 2013 and 14 all look different. They change the headlights. They change the tail. They change the rims. They change the inside. And, you know, you run out and you buy it because it's new and it's different and looks like the new hottest Camry that's on the road. But the guys that still have Beamers still love their Beamer. And when maybe in 2014, when they come out the bigger and better, and stronger and faster um, iPhone, uh, we'll all be happy and we'll all be satisfied and we'll all upgrade or trade in or whatever like you would a car. So I think that that was just something that was running, you know, past me when I thought of everyone that wasn't happy of the changes with the Apple. But, you know, when when you're in, you're in. Have a great one. Scott from D.C. Bye-bye.